1: The cafe is
0: celebrating 30 years of coffee that is well and truly fit for an Aussie. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Ah, yes indeed, a very good evening. There we go, they just sneak a little one in there, don't they? When you're least expecting it. Hello and welcome to the Macca's Run. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. It's wonderful to have you on board this evening. The Mac has run all about you having your say on the news of the day. And it's all for the McCafe celebrating 30 years of coffee fit for an Aussie to have your say on the news of the day. You can do that on the Hardcourts Open line. Call 1300 736 736. For all things real estate, speak to Hardcourts. Your move, your Hardcourts. For all things sport, speak to us. Uh, and you can text in at any stage 20433981116 98 on the 40 Winks Temper Text, the all new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Sam Hargraves is here as well and great to have you here too. Uh, let's start with this this evening. Brennan McCullum, uh, the inventor and the proprietor of all things Bazball, and the England coach uh, spoke to his very good friends on SENZ this morning about all the doings to come out of the Lord's Test
2: if you look at the situation, there's going to be 50% of people would say that it was the right decision and 50% would say that it's not. And, you know, you, that's that's just life. And from our point of view, I, you know, I said I've had the benefit of hindsight because I made, I made some decisions when I was younger and around the spirit of game, which I, I regret. Um, I made some mistakes around it as well and, and I put my hand up for that. At the time, I probably didn't understand what it kind of meant. Um, and for me, it was about just try to win in the moment and it wasn't until I played a little bit longer and and probably understood things a little bit more that, that I I kind of uh, I changed my stance on that and hence I you know I put my hand up and, and have apologised for it. But they're entitled to do what they want in the end. Well, wow, it's a lovely it's a lovely line for the narrative, isn't it? I think, you know. I think I mean in the end we're all gonna sit down and have a beer at the end aren't we but it was just a, a little bit of a little bit of banter at the end
0: So England coach and New Zealand great Brendan McCullum, a little bit more conciliatory today after the events of the second test at Lords. But him aside, the campaign of complain just continues here, there and everywhere. Piers Morgan, he's up and about. Stuart Broad, all writing sternly worded agony articles, uh, panties firmly in a bunch. And Chris Stocks, an English journal, even on Sports Day in the last 24 hours, warning Australia to watch out at Headingly. Even the British PM, Rishi Sunak, weighed in saying he wouldn't want to get, win a game of cricket like that. But he was more than happy to gain the Prime Ministership in a party room election, despite attending the very same COVID parties that Boris Johnson stood down as a result of. So it's really horses for courses, isn't it? The week of whining winds on. Same old England, always whinging. The hypocrisy has just been <laughs> of the highest order. So Australia playing within the laws of the game. That England invented, but apparently not in the spirit of the game, according to them, despite it absolutely being in the official spirit of the game document that they actually created, didn't they? That states you play within the rules of the game. I'm curious, and I'm wondering if you can help me, who declared England's players, England's media and England's fans as the sole custodian, judge, jury and executioner on all things what is and isn't the spirit of the game? It's certainly not their former captains who almost to a man, apart from Sir Geoffrey Boycott, endorsed what Alex Carey did and condemned the lack of concentration of Johnny Bairstow. This was David Gower only moments ago on Sports Day.
3: I mean, My view is that what happened was, you know, as the umpires confirmed, entirely within the laws of the game. Um, I described it on uh, BBC Radio 4 yesterday morning as... Alex Carey being sharp in a very good sense, I sharp thinking, quick witted, only slightly sharp in the, uh, the more pejorative sense. Um, but everything I've read this morning suggests that there are those with their underwear firmly twisted, and those taking a rather more sanguine view that actually Johnny Bairstow was naive and a bit dopey. Kerry uh, was sharp. Uh, the umpires did only what they could, and that was that.
0: That was David Gower on sportsdayscn.com.au to hear the full chat. A man that Captain England for one test, Mark Butcher, also had his say.
3: I, I mean, I was listening to it on the radio. Nobody had really described what had happened apart from, oh, no, oh this is audio. So I got on the phone to call my old man, who I knew would be watching. I said, just tell me what happened. Just, just walk me through it. And he walked me through it. And I said, so that's out then, isn't it? And he said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that was pretty much it. That was the conversation. For me, it's just as as plain as day out. And pretty much to all of the other professional cricketers that I have spoken to, they all say exactly the same thing. What was he doing? Where was he going? Why didn't he make sure that he knew where the ball was and what was going on before he left? And of course, now we've got an international incident. We've got got Johnny Farquhar, or whatever his name is, getting banned from from the MCC. We've got, you know, people saying they're not going to have a beer with each other after the game. And... What's worse, people who who have definitely done worse things, being holier than thou on social media, saying how awful the whole thing is and how you'd never have done anything like it. Nonsense.
0: Perfectly put from Mark Butcher. So the former players, almost to a man, are in lockstep on this, but the current players, not so. The journos, not so, and the fans, not so. So let's ask a few questions that we can hopefully get some answers to for all those who are still bleating uh, about Australia cheating and spirit of the game and all that kind of stuff Let's ask these questions and see if we can get answers to them. We'll start with the players. Where was the spirit of the game when Johnny Bairstow, as he's been trying to and succeeding in his earlier career, trying those kinds of dismissals, not only throughout the career, but also throughout this series and throughout this test? The clutching at straws about when he tried to do it and how he tried to do it has been almost as embarrassing as the behaviour of the MCC members. Stuart Broad today in his article tried to claim it was okay when Bairstow did it because it was during the over, not at the end of an over, but that has been proven false today by Travis Head on the Willow Talk podcast. Oh, Ben was just wanting to find out if it was called over and Johnny wasn't too pleased and I, I sort of reminded Johnny last week I walked out of my crease um, in Edge and at the end of it, over and the ball got whipped in and I quickly whipped my back back and questioned Johnny um, would you take the stumps and he said bloody oath I would and ran off so I sort of reminded him that remember last week when you said you do the thing exactly the same thing so whether he remembered saying that or not but Two days before, he also tried to throw master stumps down. So in the moment, in heather battle, um, things come out and, and things are played out. Oh, dear. Didn't quite remember that one, did you, Stewie? Uh, where was the spirit of cricket when Mitchell Stark caught Duckett cleanly but under the laws of the game? Not technically. He controlled the ball, just not his body, and it was not out under the rules of the game. Where was the spirit of cricket there? And where was the spirit of cricket when you doctored the pitch for the first test? Where was the spirit of cricket when Ollie Robinson gave Usman Kawaja that double-barrel verbal barrage? This is the Ashes. If you can't cop that, then what can you copy? said, despite that being a very clear breach of the spirit of cricket document that you all created. Where was the spirit of cricket against Ireland recently when Ben Fokes, after gloving a miss sweep shot attempted uh, gloving a miss sweep shot attempt, waited for the batter to lose his balance, and then when he did shift his foot to regain it, whipped off the bales, claimed the stumping that was given out by the third umpire. The same paper that derided Alex Carey's moment as the most controversial in Ashes history also lauded folks for his quick thinking on that occasion. And where was the spirit of cricket when you ran out Colin Grand home from New Zealand during an LBW appeal? Stuart Broad was the bowler that day and the leading celebrator of the dismissal. And whilst Ben Stokes did epitomise the spirit of cricket in the 2019 World Cup final by asking the four overthrows to be taken off England's score that came off his bat, they weren't, but he did try, and that's to be commended. Where was the, where was the spirit of cricket when you won on the hit more boundaries technicality. Yes, it was in the rules, but did you actually win or did you win on a technicality? Where was the spirit of cricket that day? Indeed, you can go back to the Oval in 1882 and ask your grandfather of the great game, WG Grace, where the spirit of cricket was after accepting a dead ball from the keeper at short point and getting a nod from young Aussie Sammy Jones that he was going to leave his crease, threw down the stumps anyway when he went to do some gardening. Peter Lawler tweeted about that today. What a WG disgrace. And Stuart Broad, our good old friend, our old mate, where was the spirit of cricket after the Bairstow dismissal when you took it upon yourself to chastise Cummins and Carey, declaring it would be the dark stain on their careers and then proceeded to act like a clown, subjecting players and umpires to relentless smart arsery for your entire innings, directly contravening the first six points in the MCC spirit of cricket guidelines. And where was it? At Trent Bridge in 2013, when you middled Ash and Agar to Michael Clark. you refused to walk. You've since admitted that you knew you'd hit the ball, but you refused to go. And why? Because it's the umpire's call to make. Where was the spirit of cricket then? Brendan McCullum's already addressed where the spirit of cricket was. In know, 06 and 09, when he dismissed players stumped when celebrating milestones in their innings. Three instances he says he wishes he could take back. Three. And the fans... Where is the spirit of cricket when the Barmy Army, who I love for the most part, sings songs that abuse opposition players day in, day out, making light of their personal experiences with little care on the impact on the person them, themselves. Smith and Warner have copped it for cricket reasons, but was it in the spirit of cricket to sing Where's Your Misses to the late great Shane Warne during the 05 Ashes? If Piers, Mor- Piers Morgan can bring him in, can bring his name in to condemn us, then I can bring it in to defend us. But alas, it's not just the Barmy Army who acted so uncouthly. Where was the spirit of cricket in the very room it was supposed to have been invented? In after that dismissal, the MCC members in the long room, the supposed bastion and benchmark of cricket gentility, behaved like Bay 13 on a bad day. But that might actually be an insult to Bay 13 because at least they knew the rules of the game and never pretended to be something that they weren't. Gentlemen. And if we're the same old Aussies always cheating, then where was, the, where was the spirit of cricket and where was your indignation from public and press and player alike when your players were found to, admitted to, or were accused of ball tampering? Atherton, Panassar, Harmison, Triscothic in his autobiography said he was the designated ball tamperer in the 05 series. The team designated him as their ball tamperer. Michael Vaughan has also suggested that Anderson and Broad have ball tampered in the past. And why stop there in our search for the spirit of cricket? Where is it and where has it been in the whole history and institution of English cricket? A recent inquiry finding it elitist, racist, sexist and held discriminatory practices. The elitism part is clearly evident in this reaction from players, coaches, fans, members and media. We can decide what the spirit of cricket is when it applies to everyone else but ourselves. And it seems like the spirit of cricket argument is always thrown up by those who have lost a decision and lost the game and don't have the spirit of cricket in them to accept either with grace and dignity this was ed cowan today on the abc i guess where my
4: beef becomes a little bit apparent and this is kind of blurring issues but it's all kind of mixed in together is to then unequivocally call on the spirit of the game as this mythical beast when if you are going to take the high ground morally you better be pretty squeaky clean yourself. And so, when Brendan McCullum comes out and says, "I'm not going to have a beer with them," or you know, the beers are off the table. At the end of the series. And this is a guy who ran out morally when he went to celebrate a hundred with Kumar Sangakara. He wandered out of his crease to go congratulate. He w- he wasn't going for a run. Very clearly, he wasn't going for a run. And so, there's deceit and trickery, or Stuart Broad nicking it to slip and not walking. Like, where is where are these blurred lines? So you can't take both sides to the coin of the spirit of cricket suits you when it suits you, and it doesn't when it doesn't. And so that's why we have umpires. That's why we have laws. And this was well and truly not just within the laws of the game, but within the spirit of the game as well, because there was no deceit to what he was trying to do. Johnny Bairstow just had an absolute brain fart. And then it's almost like we need to backtrack and cover, uh, and it speaks volumes about how they are approaching their cricket more generally. Yep, It is... Lacking discipline and it's lacking thought. And this was just another example of that that cost them the game.
0: Brilliantly said by Ed Cowan. So this kind of reaction is typical of a former superpower. The elitism, the arrogance are at the heart of the hypocrisy. It's okay for us, but how dare you? It's a misplaced superiority complex that reeks of a once powerful country and cricket team who hasn't quite come to terms with the fact that they are no longer either of those two things. Powerful. Yes, you are the home of cricket. It's the birthplace, but it moved house a long time ago. Haven't you noticed that you aren't getting the mail anymore? Australia used to think it was the moral arbiter of the line in cricket, right up until the point where we crossed it in the worst moment in our history. Be very careful in your hubris. You're not headed for yours. This is your spirit of the game document. It says respect your captain, teammates, opponents, and the authority of the umpires. Play hard and, f- and play fair. Accept the umpire's decision. Create a positive atmosphere by your own conduct and encourage others to do likewise. Show discipline even when things go against you. Congratulate the opposition on their success and enjoy those of your own team. Thank the officials and your opposition at the end of the match, whatever the result. By their very own document, England are far guiltier of breaching the spirit of cricket than Australia ever were. So before you continue on your whinging ways down the highway of hypocrisy, remember, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And in the words of the great Tennessee Williams, the only thing worse than a liar is a liar who's also a hypocrite. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Have your say on one of the most hilarious moments in sporting hypocrisy and the response to what went on at Lords. Cannot wait for Thursday. Uh, you'll hear it all Friday. Thursday, you'll hear it all here on SEN. Uh, cannot wait for the third test. Uh, we'll be back with a bit of other news after this on the Macca's Run. Maccafe is celebrating 30 years of coffee. That is well and truly fit for an Aussie. The Macca's Run. The Macca's Run. Live on your home of sport, SEN. Uh, that's all for the Maccafe celebrating 30 years of coffee, fit for an Aussie. A couple off the Temper Techs, the all-new Temper Pro. 40 winks, get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 winks, serious about sleep. I hope you mentioned McCullum's 2009 running out of England's own Collingwood in a one day game. Saw losers. Yep, I did mention the 09 run out and must be very interesting in the change rooms because Paul Collingwood, I think, is still an assistant. So I wonder if he just glanced over and said, Yeah, you've done that to me, Brendan. One 736 736. Hamish wants to talk spirit of cricket. G'day, Hamish.
1: Yes, g'day. I just wanted to uh, say well done on your little monologue there. I thought <laughs> couldn't, you. Have, couldn't have summed it up any better. I think one thing that's blaringly obvious to anyone with half a brain is England are playing some um, interesting cricket at the moment and, and this incident's just a scapegoat. I think um, I'd be more concerned, Ben Stokes, with not how we won the game but how they lost it, um, sending us out on what looked like to be a bowler's paradise and doing absolutely nothing about it. And then coming out in their top water, collapsing to the same ball within an hour and then coming out and losing six for 48 when the game was um, there, to be, uh, there to be won. So it's clearly just a, a smoke screen uh, on their front and I can't wait for them to double down on Ball and uh, completely and utterly collapsing on each other. So that's my
0: say as well. Uh, Hamish, I appreciate that. Yeah, they've looked to deflect after each test, haven't they? Um, they said they felt like they won the first set, uh, first test, and now it's all about this after losing the second. It's very good diversion, they must have a very good PR person uh, in the mix for them. Uh, Phil is in Mornington. G'day, Phil D. Yeah, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, look, I
1: was just listening to this uh, this whole spirit of the game thing and this mm. this big commentary about you know, the establishment of English cricket and all of that. That's not, I think everyone's missing the point here. You know, there's no doubt he was out. There's no doubt Australia's a great team, probably the better team. No one's questioning that. It's just that when we were watching that match and you saw how best that was out, it just, it just, for the spectators, it just flattened the whole atmosphere because it was like, are you serious? This, guy, this guy's out because of that? How much more would that game would have been even more exhilarating and interesting to watch if bear so was still back you oh. know and I I just think you know the Australians and and uh, the media blown this you know all Stokes he said all he said was I wouldn't want to win in that fashion that's all he said yep. and let's no it's not disparaging Australian cricket you know it's just that's how he that's his opinion now some of us will agree with it some of us won't but you know it's just yeah, I just think it's you know I was reading the Age today, they were talking about how the members, you know, were were trying to uh, get hold of Kowaja because of his Pakistani origin. Uh, uh, but that that never that wasn't even. In the picture, the right oh, I, I didn't
0: read any articles that said that, um, but I, yeah, I may have not read been, the same I mean, articles as you, Phil. Um, but we, I don't have very little much time left, and I'd love to keep chatting to you, Phil, but given that Johnny Bairstow tried the exact same dismissal in the first test at the end of an over to get rid of Travis Head, that's where we find a little bit of hypocrisy because they did try to win a test like that, absolutely. Phil.
1: Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, I love cricket more than I love the Ashes. And all I'm saying is all even England, every team has had their issues. I think as spectators, what we would love to see is the spirit of the game. And you know what? Instead of Australia being a great team, yep. if Pat Cummings and went...
0: But you know Phil, if it's one thing to demand it from everybody else, but you don't seem to want to demand it from your own team. That I think that's what my point was, that there's a hypocrisy right. here that's pretty evident. But, mate, I'm so sorry. We're, we've got uh, 50 seconds left, and I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so glad you called because uh, it's all part of the, the very rich... Um, vein of fun that we can have in and around in Ashes. So hopefully I can chat to you next week in the little half hour I've got. We've got to get to our designated golf show, but ring again same time next week, just a little earlier, okay? Would love to mate. Thank you, mate. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for all those calls too on the uh, Harcourts Open Line. Sorry to Greg and, and sorry to Rob. We're just short of time to be able to get to you on the Harcourts Open Line. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts, your move, your Harcourts. Uh, and all the 40 Winks temper text as well. Thank you for all the feedback, good, bad or otherwise, on the little editorial. Um, We've got to get to our designated golf show. Off the tee, Nick Ahern's out there limbering up. He'll be joining me on the other side of this. Stick around.